The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. I think that for me, clothing, lingerie, to me, the lingerie is that foundational base. It's kind of like the pole is the frame of your body. So is the lingerie. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Half Naked Podcast. Before I jump into the intro for this week's episode, I want to ask you a few questions and just really think about your answer and think about how you feel about it. Have you ever taken a pole dancing class? Have you ever gone to a strip club? Have you ever playfully just thrown your body around a pole, not like in a class setting, but just having a good time? What do you think of when you think of strippers? What do you think of when you think of pole dancing? Do you think that it could be an emotionally healing experience? Because I'm here to tell you that I think that it is. I personally have taken pole dancing classes before. And I also have played several strippers on camera. And I I didn't just take pole dancing classes for the role. I took it because I really wanted to discover a part of myself that I felt was dormant. And pole dancing is a very unique form of dancing. And it really helped me to tap into my body and move my body in a way that I hadn't had before. And so much of what people connect pole dancing to is just strip clubs and just slut shaming. And on the Half Naked podcast, I really aim to shut down these ideas, shut down these patriarchal concepts and preconceived notions about femininity, about our bodies and how we celebrate it, all the way down to our underwear. Today on the show, we have Sheila Kelly. Sheila is a successful actress, a body whisperer, and is the founder of S-Factor, a pole dancing studio. But not just any pole dancing studio, the pole dancing studio. It's been featured everywhere over the years, including the Opus show. It's a place for celebrities and people everywhere to go to tap into their bodies and learn the power of the pole. On this episode, we talk about the mind-body connection, the culture of pole dancing, and how it's used as an instrument to heal and discover. We also share our love of lingerie and our personal strip club experiences. Please welcome Sheila Kelly to the Half Naked Podcast. Sheila Kelly, thank you so much for coming on Half Naked. I'm so excited to strip down with you, no pun intended, (laughs) but I'd love to ask you the question I ask everyone when they come on the show. Could you please tell me what kind of underwear you're wearing right now? Oh, it's so naughty. I'm wearing a bathing suit. I'm flashing you because I'm about to go uh, swim today. Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm so sorry to disappoint you. No, well, what kind of swimwear is very important. What kind of bathing suit is that? I think it's called pourvoir, pourvu, pourvu, P-O-U-R for the big busted girls, mm. um, V-O-U-S. And honestly, there's another one called fig leaf. It's really hard to find cute, sexy bathing suits when you have large breasts. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that's also hot, right? Because they're either super small, not supportive, or you're dealing with a not so sexy one piece. Yeah. Or even like you try and wear those cute little, you know, halter ones that have no support. And basically your breasts are just like being served as hors d'oeuvres to everybody here, there. (laughs) Well, that is very flattering on your chest. I love the little tie in the middle. Thank you. What are you wearing? I'm wearing a, a Cosabella. Thank you for asking. Cosabella oh. mesh bra, nice. uh, underwire, no padding, and a matching thong by Cosabella. Oh, nice. Oh, you match. You're a matchy girl. 
I like to match. I'm not matchy. And I think maybe at my next chapter of my life, I think I'm going to go into matching. Yeah. It makes me feel like in control. It makes me feel put together. Mm -hmm. The irony is my socks never match, but my bra and underwear always match. That's brilliant. But you're inspiring me. You're inspiring me to get matching underwear. Thank you. Well, you inspire me. And I watched the documentary Strip Down Rise Up, and I would love to just recite a quote that opens up the film by you, where you say, if you think of the society that we live in, women are trapped in the culture of the masculine. And I just want to unpack that and ask you about that. Yes. And that's kind of my North Star statement. It's my North Star belief. How do you live in the fullest abundance and joy and radiance of your feminine when you are living in a masculinely constructed world? That's just so difficult because when we come out as, as little feminine creatures, and when I talk about feminine, I don't talk about gender. You know, you can identify as feminine, a more feminine being and be in a more biologically male body, masculine body. It doesn't matter to me what your biology is or what your gender is. It's really about the energy that you identify with. I just want to mm -hmm. say that because it's important because I've seen all different kinds of feminine creatures. And when you identify more as a feminine creature and you come into this very masculine world that has that masculine values and it values all that is masculine, strength, linear direction, accumulation, dominance, mm -hmm. logic, rationality. Mm -hmm. These are the masculine traits that they're great traits, but they need to be balanced by the feminine right. Right. because the, the masculine is the quantity of life. And the feminine is the quality of how you ah, look at life. I love that. It's beautiful, right? But we look mm -hmm. at us, we're starving. We're starving so much that we're devouring ourselves. You know, we don't know where to go to find pleasure anymore, to find our feminine energy, to find compassion and empathy and love and laughter mm -hmm. and sensuality and eroticism. And there's just so much richness in unpacking the feminine within each body. Yeah. So much of what you do is about the body. And I read this post by you. It was talking about living in the body, men versus women, which is exactly what you were talking about, but just how words shape our relationship to our body. Mm -hmm. We think of words all the time, how they influence our mind and our emotions, but we don't think about how it affects our body. When you wrote about that, I read it and I just thought it was so powerful. And then looking at you know, the documentary stripped down or just reading about women experiencing with pole dancing. It's so much about the body. It's so 100%. much about our body and, and, and how we move it and the trauma that we're carrying throughout our bodies. Yeah. 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 And, and here's the thing. There's trauma. Yeah. But there's also just stuck emotion. Yeah. Stuck emotion yeah. that doesn't have, it's just stuck. There's joy stuck in people's bodies. There's surprise. There's love stuck in people's bodies that they don't, because if you shut down one part of yeah. your body, if you shut down one, there are 10 core body emotions. There's five light emotions and five shadow emotions. And these emotions are fuel. They're biological tools of survival. They've kept us alive for a millennia, right? If you shut down one single one of those, you're shut, you have to, you can't just selectively shut down sadness or anger. Yeah. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna douse all of it. I use the word hush the feminine. You're gonna yes. hush the emotion in all of your body. And that creates a more dimly lit life. 
you feel things a little less vividly. You think things a little less vividly. You see things a little less vividly. You smell, taste, touch, everything. When you douse one part of yourself, everything, the, all the dials go down. Yeah. So let's talk about expanding that. How can we better tap into our bodies and have these experiences where we are, we are in touch with all of our all of the parts of ourselves and all of our emotions. And you do this through various ways. I know you're an actress and I know that you're always in your body and you're always moving and you're always in touch with how you feel, but you're really at the forefront of the pole dancing, pole exercise, yeah. pole movement in our society right now. And I would love for you to talk about how you got to this place and just how dynamic the pole is. <laughs> That's good. Well, the pole... I think that Janine Butterfly in the film describes it as the pole is so many different things to so many different, different people. people. That's also true. I, I want to say if, if anybody has not seen Strip Down, Rise Up, I highly recommend it. Jennifer Berman talked about it on our podcast before, which really turned me on to it. I must have cried seven times watching this documentary. <laughs> it was yeah. so powerful for me to see these women having these outer body experiences because they're so dialed inward. Yes. It was just fascinating. It. it was fascinating. Anyway, let's, let's talk about it. Cause I get so excited. I just, I love hearing from people that have seen it that I don't know because I get <laughs> feedback. Cause I, I yearn to hear more feedback about what did you respond to? Why did you respond to that? Yeah. So I want to talk about how you started and your, your relationship to the poll. Okay. Like, well, what I wanted to kind of set the scene here is that yes. there are so many different ways people pole dance right. and use the pole and I honor and respect them all. I do. And Malhamba, it, it's an ancient pole dance that was more done by the men in India. There's Chinese pole that was done by the men in China. So the pole has a long history. There's the maypole. There's all kinds of ways, right? So there's athletic, there's acrobatic, there's aerial pole. What I use the pole for, what I love is the pole to me is a playful device. It's a playful device in which you can explore the glory and the beauty and the sensuality and eroticism of your body freely with no fear, unapologetic energy. And to me, the, the, the pole is the frame to highlight the beauty of the feminine body and feminine movement. So when I do that, I love accentuating curvature. I love mm -hmm. accentuating sensuality. You hold on to that pole. And by the way, S factor, it has pole, but the pole is optional at S. You can mm -hmm. also just do the, the, the rich, dark chocolate of the sensual movement. Yeah. Or the S walk. I remember yes. doing the S walk in my shoes. I definitely want to talk about that because I also That's want our listeners to just think about what they could be doing tonight that. at home to like lean into their bodies. Yes. That's why I brought it up. I'm glad you said yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. I like to bring it up because I, I don't want people to go, oh, I don't have a pole. I can't do this. So it's not just about the pole. Right. That's why I made sure that the director of the film said that it's pole dance and sensual movement that is the transformational tools here. Because I, I don't have a pole in this room and yet I dance in this room all the time. I dance against the wall. I dance on the couch. It's really about finding the fullest voice of your feminine geniuses, right? Your curve of movement, your sensuality turned on and just free, your emotability, understanding how emotion wants to move freely and constructively through your life, connection, communication. How does your body communicate? Mm -hmm. Without you even knowing what she's saying, she is communicating constantly. You're communicating to me right now. Mm -hmm. And that is powerful. And then the last is intuition. And intuition to me is full expression of self. 
who am I as an erotic being on this planet and how, how big is my voice and how freely can I express myself in the safety of an Esfacha class right. or in my home? Because many of the women that will be seeing this are going to be in their home. Mm-hmm. I mean, hearing this. Yeah. It is such a therapeutic experience, the art and the act of pole dancing. And I, have done it myself and also had that same reaction. I remember the first time I saw our instructor pole dancing, I think it was to like a nine inch nail song. Uh-huh. The lights were out. We had this red light on and she was stunning. Right. And I cried then too. I cry all the time, but I was crying to her performing this, this like hardcore nine inch nail song, but she was just so into it and it released something in me yeah. in watching it. Yeah. And when I look at this documentary and it shows these various different women from all different backgrounds and life experiences, there's so much hope that they derive from pole dancing and yeah. whether it's just the sisterhood and the connectivity of the art form in itself, but there is this visceral release that happens with it. Like, and I, and it was described yeah. in something I read as pole is healing from the inside out. hundred percent agree. And why do you think that is? And you know what it is? I want to say, I want to even say this. It's self-healing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to someone to heal me. I'm actually take. I'm going on the epic life reclamation journey. I'm going to get my Holy Grail back. Yeah. I'm going to slay my dragons. I'm going to find my freedom. And I can only speak from my little world of S because there's so, like I said, so many different facets, but in S what I teach women to do, I say, bring me your body and let's learn how she expresses herself fully. So the first thing you do, you do a floor movement called the S workout, Mm -hmm. and you're going to be moving your body to the fullest extent in every direction possible. 360 degrees around you through curve of movement and sensuality and motability. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to do that, you know, so many of us are told to be smaller and quieter mm-hmm. and smaller and quieter. Mm-hmm. So we pull ourselves into these little shapes. And by the time we're, you know, 20, 30 years old, we don't know who we were supposed to be right. because we're a smaller version of who we were as children. Yeah. When we were free. Did you ever read Glennon Doyle's Untamed? I have it. I'm in the middle of it. He talks a lot about that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But the beauty of us is that, and I love that Glennon Doyle talks about that. Maybe she can take a class with me because what I teach women to do is to find their true shape, not the shape that that society gave them to be little, but this expansive opening. Oh my God, look how much wider my arms can go. Oh my God, look how much my chest can open. (gasps) And then all of a sudden emotion comes because all that emotion has been squished inside. Mm-hmm. And it could be laughter. I've seen women do, come into movement and do hip circles and they've never done a hip circle bigger than, you know, this big. Yeah. And then they just start laughing hysterically and going, oh my God, yeah. or they, or they just start like getting naughty and, and sexy and lusty. And it's just, it's incredible to, it's like watching one, a birth one moment after another. It's like Rebirth, rebirth, rebirth. Rebirth, right. That's a really great way of saying it because we are, we're born this way and for whatever reason, through all this masculine energy is, or throughout society, like we, we sort of tame ourselves or control ourselves or, or put ourselves in a box. And I think, you know, it's very common. Women have a difficult time tapping into their own intimacy and vulnerability and certainly like erotic yeah. behavior. And Absolutely. how could we encourage that and, and show people that? that it's not just about this 
pornography or the way that we sort of labeled pole dancing to begin with, where it's not about that at all. No, it, it, it's hard because again, I've been doing this 22 years, my love. And at first, you know, thank God I had Oprah help me in the early 2000s to get out into the world, to kind of launch the whole pole dance industry. But we're like Sisyphus rolling the boulder up the hill. It comes back down, up and down. I've watched over 22 years how we have grown and then gotten resistance because this, the world that is the patriarchy Mm-hmm. The world that is masculine is kind of happy being masculine. <laughs> it, it doesn't want to change, but yet it does because no one really understands why they're miserable mm-hmm. or why they're, you know, living a life that they all of a sudden stop and turn around and go, this isn't the life I thought I would be living. You know, they go to work, they come home, they raise their kids, they do this, that, and they're on this treadmill. They're on this treadmill that they can't get off of. And getting off of that treadmill is actually sitting in and reclaiming whether you're a man, woman, whatever you identify as gender wise, reclaiming the feminine within 100% of the human beings on the planet would change the quality of the life that we all live. And so I think that the world around us is constantly, it sees through the masculine gaze, the masculine gaze, seeing undulating feminine bodies mm-hmm. is going to see it as sexual. Yeah. Um, when you take the male gaze away, which I did 22 years ago, and I took the mirrors away and I took yes. I put the lights low and I made this an intimate personal journey that women and those that identify as women have for themselves, by themselves in that room to discover their own sense of how they want to be loved and how their body wants to call in love, how their body wants to be touched and kissed and nuzzled and how their body wants to celebrate and sing out loud and, and play. I mean, these are things that there's nowhere in the world that teaches this. There's nowhere in the world that anyone taught me how to be loved, how to love yourself, how to, how to embrace yourself and everything. One of the most beautiful moments in that documentary was the woman that was in chemotherapy and was so such a hard time. You, you talk to them about touching their body and touching their yeah. stomach, touching their arms, and you encourage her to touch her head. And she was so ashamed of losing yeah. hair. And when she started to touch her head and release her and love herself, love how she is and, and what she's going through. And it, I mean, and she started to cry and it was just so beautiful that we just oh. love ourselves. No. And we talk about this thing, this self-care thing, yeah. but something that we do out there, like I'm going to do this and put it on here. I'm going to, I'm going to take the bubble bath. Yeah. And what they, you know, self-care is truly, truly going inside and listening to the wisdom, what I call the Oracle body, our, our little mini Yoda, you know, cause we our Yoda is inside and it's not your heart. It's not your mind. It is the 7 trillion nerve endings on the surface of your skin. How many of those 7 trillion nerve endings have you touched today? Yeah. How many have you touched? Yeah. Can you count? And, and I have, I do self-touch exercises, which is something your listeners can do at home, which is just to start at the top of your freaking head and just touch as many nerve endings as you can, because it's saying, it's saying, hi body, wake yeah. up. Yeah. I honor you. And wow, that brings pleasure. Oh, that feels good. Oh, I don't like it there. Oh, I do like it there. And letting your body begin to kind of ripple to life because what you focus on is what grows. Yes. When you focus on your body, when you focus on your sensuality, your sexuality, your feminine, that's what flourishes. Yes. yes. You spend your whole day focusing on making more money, getting the bigger deal, getting the bigger this, getting the bigger role, getting the bigger all out there 
that's what grows. You're giving all your life energy to something outside of yourself mm -hmm. and you're depleting yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For the women in the show and who, I mean, whoever's experiencing or whoever's doing pole dancing, just the act of not looking in the mirror, not having those kinds of how we're used to validating ourselves. We're just feeling ourselves in our own uniqueness and loving every part of it. And I think it's like embracing all parts of your body and just getting in it. I had a friend, she was going through a, a period in her life. And I think it was, you know, encouraged by religion and her background, but she had a really hard time connecting sexually to her partner. She had a hard time just feeling it in her body. And I, this was years ago and I encouraged her to take a pole dancing class to just sort of practice it and lean into it. And it really helped her. It helped yeah. her get past these obstacles that we've placed in our own mind or this self-doubt or this dislike of our body for whatever reason. I don't know how to describe it, but I just feel like it's just so much greater than the physical. Oh, it's, it's your soul speaks yeah. to your body. Yeah. And if you aren't, if you don't have access to all of your body and all of her gifts, then your soul doesn't get to speak quite as fully as she wants to. And there are no words for the soul. The soul doesn't use words. The soul uses movement and emotion. Could you tell me the first time that you tried pole dancing and how you decided to dedicate, you know, your life to it? From what I heard, you were in a film mm -hmm. as an actress and you yep. needed to pole dance. And is this how you experienced it the first time? It is. It is exactly how I experienced it. So I actually wrote the script. It was called Dancing at the Blue Iguana. And then, you know, the very first day at rehearsal, after we kind of did a bunch of research and we spent a couple of months casting and we rented a space up in the theater row on Santa Monica Boulevard and we turned it into a little strip club. We put it in a pole. And I'd gone up to Hollywood Boulevard and I got these sexy clothes with these sexy fluffy slippers and this pink, I look like a popsicle. I look like a pink popsicle. Like the slippers had pink feathers and it was, it was like, oh, and, and pink feathers up here on my shoulders. And it was just, it was like a midriff white pink top. It was, oh my God, I love it. Seriously? <laughs> popsicle. And he, the director said to Daryl, Hannah and Sheila, get up and we're going to do an improvisation. And he put the music on and all of a sudden I felt totally and completely like a fraud. I felt so disembodied. I felt so uncomfortable. I started bouncing from hip to hip like this, like I'm moving to the beat of the music. And it was the most embarrassing moment of my life. And my body wanted to throw up all of these pink clothes and these feathers and these the pink and white clothes. It was like, all I could hear was get these fucking clothes off of me. Oh my God. I feel like an idiot. And then the other thing that blew my mind is as my body was like, I have no idea how to move into my erotic energy. I have no idea how to be sexy. And it's great because you're an attractive yeah. woman. You're a you're an actress. It's like all of course, like you of all people should feel sexy, but you but yeah. you didn't. And I felt yeah. the same way. And everyone looks at me. It's like it's so of course she's tapped into her own sexuality, like I'm, I'm posing in my underwear, but it took me a really long time okay. to be able to do that because I wasn't comfortable in my body sexually. Mm -hmm. I, I would joke all the time with my friend who's an actor, and he's like, you need to learn how to act sexy. He's <laughs> like, you're I'm not acting it. sexy. I'm like, I don't, how do you act sexy? You know, but it's I know, like, you can. how do you do it? How do you get into your body? So it's like, it's refreshing to hear you say a very similar thing. Oh my God. It was, well, it was mortifying. So I spent the next four months as we developed the film, uh, going from one strip club to the next, 
I found two amazing mentors who were professional strippers. One was called Simone. She was in Crazy Girls. She was badass and she wore black vinyl and leather. And she was like the most amazing pole dancer ever. And she had fierce energy and she danced to like, like Led Zeppelin. And it was like, Rah. and then over at Cheetahs, my other mentor was Devin. And I love Devin. Devin was like icy, cold, cool, such regal. She wore gold glitter and she walked to the pole and she was so elegant and sexy and amazing. And these two women, God bless them, took me under their wings. And I worked, I would go from one club to the next back on the off hours. And they would be like screaming at me through like a megaphone, push your hip out further. Oh, wow. Touch your body, touch your ass. And it's like as if a kink in a hose had been unkinked and energy started to move through my body in a way it never had before. I had apparently locked my hips up so much through my life. Oh, wow. Out of all the reasons why that we talked about that I once unlocking that there was energy flowing through my body in such an incredible way, I just started to like almost levitate with the, with the feeling of so much energy. Yeah. And that was a turning point for me. And that's when I said, I'll never stop doing this because this is healing. This is helpful. This is sexy. This is, I feel like I'm on fire. Yeah. And you're defying gravity in the process. You're defying gravity and you're defying patriarchy. Yeah. You're taking the pole and you're making the pole, a new symbol of feminine intersectional uh, feminism. Oh God, I love that. That's a, that's a great story. There's mm-hmm. also just the culture of the strip club that I love. I love it. I love yeah. going to strip clubs. I remember I did, a, I did this independent film once and we were shooting it in Georgia and Demi Moore was in the movie. And we went one night to a strip club in Georgia with Demi Moore, which was like, I mean, it was, it was though like the King of England, like walked through really? because everyone's like, she was in striptease and everyone just like, kind of like all the strippers, they were like, you, you get us. Like you're a part of this sisterhood. And it's, it's just such a sisterhood. And I'm sure you, they must feel the same way about you when you, whenever you go to a strip club. Unfortunately, there's still stigma and, and that stigma, I think will be as the feminine rises, that stigma will eradicate. It has to. So much of, you know, what I love talking about on the show is our lingerie as, as it means to how it helps us tap into our own self-love of our body and feeling yeah. good, feeling sensual and feeling sexy. And I think clothing is really a part of that. And I remember going to S Factor and being encouraged to buy the shoes in our beginner's class and yeah. walk around in those platforms and yeah. do an S walk and like yeah. one foot in front of the other, like really sexy and how the shoes made us feel. And I love talking about how clothing makes us feel. And I want, I want you to tell me what you think of lingerie and the things that we wear and how it makes us, you know, tap into our own erotic energy. I love that. Absolutely. I'd be thrilled. I call that the presentational layer in the body life. There's these five layers of soulfully sexy life, right? And that's a, there's a flatline layer that a lot of us have learned to live in. And the flatline layer was my hips being so locked, right? And then there's the presentational layer is just how do you present your body? How's your body present herself? And then there's animated, emotional, and soulful. And so that, and that presentational layer is incredibly important because it's the outside voice of your body right? So my body in that pink fluffy outfit with the pink fluffy white thing and the shoes. And it was like, my body was saying, this is not me. Get this off of me. This is not me. And over the course of the next four months that we rehearsed and learned, 
I would go to the, the stores on Hollywood Boulevard and what I ended up in that my body wanted to be in thigh high black leather lace up the back boot seven inch high so badass black vinyl mm-hmm. dress held together with chains up the oh, front wow. side um a chain link thong black vinyl again and a black vinyl bra push-up from marley's decker speak of uh, you know that's probably my favorite lingerie designers from the Marley's Decker brand. But my body was so happy in that outfit. It felt like, ah, now you get me. Mm-hmm. Now you get me. And I did, I would not have previously, I would not have thought, oh, I'm going to get that yeah. final badass scary outfit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it was just like, wow, it's incredible how much our body has to teach us. I think that for me, clothing lingerie to me the lingerie is that foundational base it's kind of like the pole is the frame of your body so is the lingerie what you put on this gorgeous glorious vessel that we get to live in how we adorn it how we tickle it tease it because to me clothing isn't just something you visually see it's actually tactile it's what you feel right yeah silky teddies yeah satiny teddies satiny camisoles a tight bondage around your waist, cinchers. I mean, it's all kinds of ways to explore. Yeah. And have fun and, and play and like play with yourself. Completely. What kind of lingerie do you wear? Do you often wear lingerie? I do. Well, I do when I dance. Yeah. I, I have, don't even, it's so embarrassing. I have about 20 Marley's Decker bras. <laughs> And if you don't know Marley's Decker, she's the one that has the kind of thick straps that, mm-hmm. that they come up here, like the claw straps. And then she'll have the, the kind of thick straps around the back They're It's, they're very strappy, sexy red. And then she's got tuxedo colored and just black. And I've got this black vinyl one. And I just love hers because again, I'm busty. I'm a busty girl. And she actually makes beautiful, sexy, supportive bras. Mm-hmm. And so she's probably my favorite, hands down, my favorite bra maker. Although I'm I'm branching out a little bit with some newer designers who I can't quite remember their names, but from Italy and France, there's a few that make these supportive bras Mm -hmm. that are cute. I mean, that's what's hard to find, supportive bras that are Supportive anything that's really cute, right? I know. And the bottom part, I love the kind of Calvin Klein boy short look. Yeah. I mean, I was wearing a lot of boy shorts when I was in the pole dancing class. Cause that was yeah. kind of like, you know, like the cheeky sort of yeah. like still comfortable, but like just able to just fly around on the pole and like flail your legs. <laughs> yeah. 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 And not be yeah. like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, hoo-ha anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I like what you're saying with exploring and trying and trying on outfits and seeing what, what you gravitate towards things that you would never really even, it would never occur to you. What kind of advice would you give someone that's trying to get in touch with their own sensuality? Well, I, well, I love what you just said. One of the things I'd coach people on is when you're shopping for clothes or lingerie, the last thing you do is look in the mirror in the dressing room. Huh. I love that because that's the first thing anybody does. That's the first thing I do. Yeah, no, turn around, turn around, put it on, turn around, move in it a little bit. Move your shoulders, do a little hip shimmy, do a little shake, feel how it feels first. That's number one. That's that's respecting your body because then your body is going to start responding. The nerve endings, the curves, 
the muscles, they're going to go, oh, it's too tight around here. I don't like it. Because what we do is we look in the mirror immediately and we go, oh, that looks super cute. I'm going to buy it. You go home and you can't, mm-hmm. you realize you can't breathe. It's so tight. <laughs> yeah. Right. But if you don't look in the mirror yet, and another thing, I think the last thing I do is look in the mirror. I'll actually take my phone and do a selfie first before I look in the mirror, mm-hmm. because then I can really see it from an objective. Once I get to the visual, I can see it from an objective. That's good advice. Yeah. I love that. So, but tonight at home, you're not going to be at a store or trying on clothes. What I think I would suggest women do. The first thing I love to have women do is to actually do Mm self-touch. And we talked about it earlier and how to do self-touch or there's different ways. There's so many ways we, as women, we use our hands to nurture, nourish, and heal everybody in our lives. I see a little dog or cat back behind you. And I'm sure that you take care of that baby. And I've got mine right here and I take care of my little baby, but all living creatures go toward the feminine for sustenance. So you need to be filled up and overflowing in energy and you need to nourish yourself. You need to fill yourself up first. And that starts with hands and touch and whether your touch starts, you know, in the top of your head, the back of your neck, And you really just start to take the time to identify, just simply identify the shape your body cuts in the air, you know, just the silhouette without it being about, you know, pleasure or sensuality. All you want to do is you just want to take your hands down your entire body through down your face, down your neck, down your throat. Yes. Onto your breasts. Mm -hmm. Yes. All the way around down to your waist, all the way down, including your pelvis and vulva touch all of those parts of you. That is what I would, the first thing I would say for anyone is to take back ownership of your body immediately Mm -hmm. self-touch because your body is teaching your body, her boundaries. Mm -hmm. Your body is teaching your body, her shape. Your brain is actually thinking down into your body. And that makes your body feel like, Oh my God, she's paying attention to me. Yeah. And so just let your hands move and take a long, long, slow time. Cause remember there's 7 trillion slow, nerve. Oh, very slow. Everything, even an S factor. So you think you're going slow, go even slower. Oh, it is I'm even touching my leg now. Just I know. Very slowly. It's, it's so sensual and it's so delicate. And it just reminds me to be delicate with myself. Yeah. There's so many ways. So what would you say to somebody that's hesitant to, to take a pole dancing class? I would say take something virtually online. We do S factor classes online. I know that Amy Bond, who's in the film with me, does classes online. I think mm-hmm. Janine Butterfly does them online. If you don't have a poll, come to S because we do non-poll a lot. If you do want to poll, we do it as well. But so do these a lot of other really, really great schools. That's the one plus on these virtual classes, as right. many pluses, but that's a big one, which is those that are so frightened and embarrassed to go in person, you can now go online mm-hmm. and it is. Yeah. I think that's a great resource. I so much prefer in person because I love the experience of it, but I think this is a great option. And I think at a time that we are so, you know, literally isolated, we've been for so long and kind of out of touch of our own intimacy and sexuality. And it's so much more therapeutic than I think people really understand. I think so too. And it's the big F it is fun. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. You ride around in your 
underwear with yes. on. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. <laughs> it's really I, fun. I love being in my underwear. This is the whole reason why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Riding around, stripping yeah. off clothes. I mean, you yeah. become you become your own sexual superheroine version of yourself. And it's true. And I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't always like this. Like no. I decided to be like this. I decided to lean into it and embrace it. And that's kind of what I really want. That's the point of why I'm doing this and why I really wanted to talk to you just to say that I wasn't always like this. It was oh, I, love that. That I chose to really want to explore. Um, and that's what I really want to encourage people. But, I love that. I yeah. think that's so beautiful. Yeah. This has been such an amazing interview. Yeah. I thank you so much for talking about something that people don't talk about and they should, because the more that we do, the more that we're able to just better ourselves, our life and our yeah. own personal relationship. 100%. Thank you so much, Sheila Kelly, for coming on Half Naked today. Could you please tell our listeners where they can find you and reach you and, yeah. and strip down? Absolutely. You can find me on SheilaKelly.com is my blog. And you can find me on sfactor.com to come take a class with me or to take a workshop. In fact, you know what? I'm actually hosting, you know, the six month journey that I took the women on in the documentary. Yeah. I'm actually going to do it later this year for six months. And I'm going to do the same journey. I took the women on without the pole. So that's something that could be really that's fun. Amazing. If somebody wants to do that with yeah. me. So that'll that's probably awesome. start like September. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sheila. And um, I look forward to taking some more pole dancing classes. Okay, so after this episode, I hope everybody dims the lights, turns on some music, and just dance. And what I loved about this episode so much, I mean, is not just how much Sheila Kelly celebrates and, and has fun with the female form and feminine energy, but just how much you could do without the pole how much you could discover in your own body with just movement and embrace and all the things that she talks about. I really encourage everybody to watch the documentary, Strip Down, Rise Up on Netflix. It really helps break down the stigma that people have attached to pole dancing and shows what a truly healing art form it is. Check out sfactor.com for more info on Sheila Kelly's pole dancing classes and for some online courses. And as always, follow us at Half Naked Podcast. Let me know what you think of today's episode. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Until next week, stay cheeky, my friends.